from Ennui. This is Ennui Talk. You can support the show and other Ennui projects by subscribing to Ennui Plus on Patreon. But for now, sit down and enjoy. Chris, Chris Hodge, my friend. Hello. You're back. You're, you're back on the podcast. It's been a while. It's been oh a while since you've been on the pod. I think it's been before Christmas was the last time I was on a pod. I think it was. It's been it's a been very that, long that time. Long. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the days where we used to do them all over Skype and stuff as well? Like, this is when it was, like, all audio. Oh, only. oh God. Yeah, that was, like, shit. Was that still in the pilot season of the podcast? I think it we was gave just it a go. after. Oh, was it just it was like after? Oh. Just after. It was the main seat. It was, like, the first episodes. So, it was 2017 was the pilot season. I think, no, it was late. I don't know now, actually. I think 2017 was when... No, it was 2017 when we sort of did it like like this, all yeah, over, all yeah. audio. What do you th- feel about, like, just in general? Because like, obviously, like, I'm two hours away. I can't have anybody over to record a podcast. Mm. And I've sort of gone for this, like, radio sort of feel. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Obviously, it's not ideal. But I think yeah. it's all right. Visually as well. Like, I've got this, like, you know, my posters oh, and it stuff. It works fine. Yeah, it's good. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing, seeing now. you got an awesome little backdrop going for you there. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I've got the lights out. My light's there. Um, yeah. My Philips Hue. Um, yeah. Speaking of Philips Hue, because I, um, I got them for my birthday, I did. And, like, I've just got the, I've got a strip running around. I've got this little, um, for people who are watching, it's like a cupboard with all my stuff oh, around it. Oh, yeah, I've I got see a, it. Yeah, yeah. And I've got it. Actually, I'll move it away just slightly for you. Yeah, so you can see it like there. Mm. And then it's running all the way from the side, all the way around. And because it wasn't long enough, like I, I can get attachments and stuff, but they're fucking expensive as well. It's like mm. seventy-five bucks for an extra meter. I think. Oh, I think God. the base thing is like, I think it was about a hundred bucks. And I mm. also had to get the Philips Hue bridge, which connects straight into your um, into your router rather than something that connects through the Wi-Fi itself. Like, you know how with a Google ah, Home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just connects, like, through Wi-Fi, through your phone, technically, I guess. Yeah. With with this, it does it. Um, you have to plug it. You have to buy a $75 little box that cl- that plugs straight into your, um, to your modem. And honestly, while I like the Philips Hue bridge, the Philips Hue um, products, um, I think it's a bit of a ripoff <laughs> with that. So- like, there's so many people... That has the same sort of thing, but it's like less yeah. expensive. So, so if it's plugging into your router, does that mean then it's a Bluetooth connection from that module to the to the strip itself? Well, that's, it, that's what I would say. Yeah, because yeah, then, but then why wouldn't you have it set up like that? Do you know, I mean, like, why would your technology? Why would you have to have people pay an extra seventy five dollars for this bridge when there's so many people who have done it? I don't know. Like, is it is it yeah. a better connection? Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, is this the premium thing? Oh, yeah. It might just be yeah, more reliable. Yeah, because that's that's one thing I've heard. Like in reviews, it's like Philips Hue, while expensive, is always reliable. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. And that's the thing. That's and then you the, pay the, the premium. I'm, that's exactly right. I want to get a um, I sort of wanted to get like a lamp and put in the sides as well, and like put the light because like I can change it to my voice. I just go okay, Google. And then it'll I'll say like activate on we talk or activate yeah. on we talk extra and it'll change the lights in the background so every podcast is a different sort of scene and yeah. all of the I can connect the the strip and say like I had two more lights like I had um, a lamp there lamp there on each side um, I could set them up in scenes so if I go activate 
whatever, it'll activate specific um, brightnesses and specific colors um, for those scenes. So I've set up an Omni Talk scene, Omni Talk Extra, Omni Writers Room, Omni On Air when I end up doing um, the live show as well. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like I'm very, I'm, I'm very, very happy with what um, I've been able to do with it. hundred mm. percent. Just expensive. That's all it is. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, you should get some like desk props, guy. Get yourself a little um, a bucket of popcorn and some G fuel off to the side or something like that. You know. Let's get right into the news, Keemstar. Have you seen the new the, all the drama with Keemstar and H three? Yeah, I've been watching Ethan's videos. That's like, ugh. I don't envy his position. That like sucks. What the is your thing. opinion, in general? Oh, uh, I mean. Of, of- ke- <laughs> Oh god, here we go. <laughs> um Keemstar is in my perspective the one in the wrong. I feel like he's has a lot of issues that he's fighting with and he has like he like Ethan was saying, he weaponizes his audience and very very much so. He uses it to attack other people who try to attack him. Mm. And yeah, it's I don't know. I've never watched Keemstar's videos, probably never will. Not interested in that sort of stuff. It seems like very clickbaity, just reap in as many views as you can and then move on and never come back to it because he knows if he comes back to it, it'll start shit. So, To an extent, I respect Keemstar. Like, I think he's a decent internet news journalist to an extent. But I think, obviously, he... Um, he he plays within the YouTube algorithm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like oh, he knows what's going to yeah. hit and what's going to spread. Um, yeah. I don't think H three eight. I don't think Ethan's in the the clear either. Like I think there's little things where. Oh it's no! Like, everyone, there's there's guilty. You know, they're both guilty parties. They've both done questionable things in the past. I think to an extent they're both assholes. Like I think, <laughs> not like I think that Ethan is. I don't know. I think once you've seen him on the podcast, his own podcast, the H3 podcast, like you really see that he's not, I don't know. He's not, not that he's not somebody that you should look up to, but he's not somebody who can talk about many, many subjects in a good way. Like he's no Joe Rogan. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not somebody who's well, um, he doesn't know things about a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. It's all just opinion based and it's not very informed. And that's exactly right. Like, that's what his show is. It's let's watch videos and... Like, you know what I mean? Like, he might watch an opinionated piece on something, for example. But then it's like, that's his perspective now. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... It's not facts. It's opinions that he seems to... Do you know what I mean? Like, regurgitating things from other people. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's like... And and it's... And I will also say that I don't think Ethan has... um, he hasn't. He doesn't. Just because he's in the public eye doesn't mean he has to have says on everything. He doesn't have to have views that he needs to tell the world on everything. Yeah, definitely. Like it's. Have you seen? Because with all this Black Lives Matter stuff, some people have like. There's many people who are like. Oh, my fans have been pressuring me to give my um, say on Black Lives Matter and all this other shit. And to an extent, I understand. But it's also like. I don't know. I think that like, like I did, I shared something. It was just something small and simple, mm. and it's like blah blah blah, and it's like you know that's your say. It's like it's it's spreading awareness, I guess. Um, 
But then there's some people like, oh, you haven't said any, this is, and, but this is the bad part. It's like, okay, if you decide not to, in the end, you don't feel like it's your place. Like, I guess it's like, you know, it's a worldwide thing. And I feel like everybody can have a say. I'm not going to get angry if you don't have a say. But then it's like some fan bases go, um, you didn't say anything about Black Lives Matter. You just released this funny video or this um, this podcast episode <laughs> or this something, uh, but you didn't say anything about Black Lives Matter, and that makes you a bad person. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Actually, one I've seen. Um, I've started watching. I've started getting into whiskey lately again. Yeah, I used yeah. to be a big fan and sort of dipped out of it, but you know, everyone's staying at home and drinking more, and I've gotten back into whiskey. And I've started watching a lot of whiskey YouTube channels, and there's this. Okay. One YouTube channel where they do like reviews on, they've done hundreds of different reviews on all these different sorts of whiskeys. And someone in the comment section on their, I think it was on Reddit actually, in one of their Reddit posts went in and said, oh, I've gone back through all of your videos and realized you've only done one review from a majority black owned distillery. Why is this? Are you referencing um distilleries owned by white people why don't you do more reviews on black owned distillery releases and i was like how many distilleries are majority owned by black people like it's such a small it's a minority in itself that you can't just review those distilleries. like it's just blew my mind that someone went back went through all that trouble just to bring that up like I don't know. By shining a light on that, it feels like they themselves are trying to say something by it. It's not, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't agree with people, you know, digging back through people's past to find things that are even just at a glance, anything that contradicts what the BLM movement is trying to do. And I don't want to be the, one of those people that's always like, oh, you know, no, all lives matter because that is another debate all in itself like no it's not just saying you know like if you what was the analogy i heard um say there's a was it oh, actually no it was ethan his analogy was it with the house the it's on fire was that him that said it yeah or, yeah i think it might have been yeah like if you if there's a fire if a house is on fire and the fire fighters come and they start putting water on all the houses in the street everyone around it be like well, what are you doing that house is on fire you need to be putting water on that house and the firefighter says, oh, you know, all houses matter. So, you know, we're going to give them all the same amount of water because that's fair. It's like, no, like I agree that, yeah, the the minority groups in society, they're all suffering at the moment and 100%. it's our responsibility to give them the attention they deserve and to help help through this crisis and through the, you know, everything that needs to happen. Like we can't just, you know, say all lives matter and, that just gets us back to square one where we've been all this time. It's not going to fix anything. No, it's not going to fix anything. And I think it's that, I don't know. Um, I think there's many people who just have opposing opinions just to have opposing opinions. You know what I mean? Exactly, like just to shake yeah. the bone. And the thing is that that's the internet as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah. People that's just the way have... it is these days. And that's exactly right. And I think it's stupid. And I agree. Black lives matter. hundred percent. Um, all lives do matter, yes, but it's like, I don't know, it's like, it's like saying my, um, something that's wrong with me is worse than what's happening to you, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, I fell off my skateboard the other day, 
um, and I hurt my knee, but you just lost your, your parents in a car crash. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you can't compare the two things. I think it's, it's stupid to compare, um, things like that anyway. Do you know what I mean? I think it's stupid to compare. Exactly. Yeah. People trying to apply blanket terminology to an entire race of people is just wrong in itself. Like that in itself is racism, I believe. A hundred percent. Or it's stereotyping at the least, like. And I think people who a lot of people who are racist are unknowingly racist. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the big thing. Yeah, people well, who are racist don't know necessarily that they're a racist. Yeah, you know what I mean? like there's been a lot of studies done about um, children and that how and their how, how they're um oh, what is it they're influenced by their parents and their parents' beliefs subconsciously. Like the parents never say, oh, you know, that person has different coloured skin, therefore you need to be wary of them. It's just from feeling and the like gauging the emotions of their parents and how they react around people of different skin color and different ethnicities all that sort of stuff it imprints on the children and then the children can go through life unknowingly that like with, sorry without knowing that they have been raised to have those same feelings and emotions around people of different skin color and ethnicity and it, that's subconscious racism and it happens all the time like everyone on some level i'm pretty sure would be subconsciously racist and it's just being oh, able yeah. to acknowledge that and saying okay this is how i feel help me you know fix that or get through this and help me feel a different way about this you know you don't what have you to understand? go out and say i'm a racist like that's that's stupid you just need to acknowledge that you know you might have something deep down that isn't Right. You just need to, you know, get out there and hear other people's opinions and find out what's right. And that's right. Have Actually, do you remember? Who's the guy from Wanted? No, is it Wanted? No, from Taken, the the big the big guy, the actor. Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. Do you, did you hear the story about, this is a while ago, it was when he was younger, one of his best friends, a woman, was raped by a black man. And he said that he felt at that time when he was younger, like I think like his early 20s, that he wanted to go out and kill a black person because a black person had done this to his best friend. Mm. And he, ref- this is, this is on I think, some sort of morning, morning television. And he reflected, he said like, that is not the right way to think. Like that is not how I think now. It was, it was a, um, do you know what I mean? It was just being angry at one person and one of his, um, Parts of him was that he was this color of his skin, and you know he used that as a scapegoat. Do you know what I mean? Like he used yeah. that as a as a reason to hate minorities, to hate black people, and he's reflected on that. Many people took that and said Liam Neeson is a racist, and racists never no, change. See, I don't blah, see blah, that blah. as racism at all. That's just he, no, he was no, grieving, exactly. and that's just a way to cope with grief is to just assert blame. Like that's all that is. It's not racism. Exactly, and I think, and if. The thing is, if he was a racist, why would he come on TV and say, hey, 20 years ago, I wanted to hurt a black person, but I realized that is not right, et cetera, et cetera. It's not like just, oh, he's a racist and he's trying to make himself look good. <laughs> Nobody needed to know that story. He could have gone no. to his grave with that story, 100%. Exactly, yeah, that's it. He's He was willing to do as I say and, you know, confront those deep down feelings we have. It's very brave yeah. of him to do that. Very much so. 
did you ever hear the story about, I think it was Terry Crews, how he was, because um, he's a big man, big mm. black belly yeah. man, and he was touched sexually on the penis, I believe, by, or he, yeah, I think it was the penis actually, by a an older executive at one of the big Hollywood companies. And he said that he wanted it, like he felt like he was disgusted. He felt he was sexually assaulted. Sexual he felt assault, disgusting. Yeah. But he felt like he couldn't say anything because he was a black man in Hollywood. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, one th- they could say one thing and he could be out. Like, he would have no job. Do you know what I mean? And that is scary. That is scary that... Yeah. And it's, and it's not just the cliche white man in power, but that's how it traditionally is. Do you know what I mean? It's white men in power, the big people in politics, the big people in entertainment. Like, at the, the, the cream of the crop, the top, the top, top, top. Like, they're white men. They're powerful white men. Yeah. Like, it's statistically proven that yeah positions of authority it's usually white males that are in in those positions it's very rare that it's um anyone of ethnicity or you know a female like it's it's scary to think that yeah white males run the world and it's 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 a real thing it really is it is and it's it's crazy I just think that look was okay. There was one interesting thing I saw. It was the CEO of Reddit actually, and he said like I think it, it was something like he was giving up his position on the board of directors to make way for a person of color. Um, what do you think of about that? Like he's letting go his position, his own company, to let somebody who specifically a person of color, not the best candidate. <laughs> more the best candidate of color is that necessarily the right way to do it personally i don't i don't believe that i i when it comes to decision making whether it be for like a new job yeah like a position in a company i believe it should come down to nothing this should I, i i wish that profiling wasn't a thing when people were applying for jobs like you didn't have to say your gender your age um, anything like that. You just had to put your credentials and why you believe you're all right for the job. And they should go purely off that. It shouldn't have anything to do with ethnicity, um, religious beliefs, age, gender, anything like that. But unfortunately, the world we live in is very much one of profiling where recruitment agencies, uh, they're the statistics they, they look at because a lot of these big companies... I'm not going to name any big companies, but it seems like they have quotas these days for, okay, we need this many people of indigenous descent. We need this many uh, females. We need this many people who identify as LGBT. It's kind of skewing all of the statistics in a different direction where we're now getting such, we're now, sorry, we're now turning away people who, clearly should be in those jobs off merit but because they were a white male of 30 they were denied the job because there's heaps of other white males of 30 in the same career and I I think that's wrong because that that person could have been from the day they were born working towards said position and to have it turned down over someone who may or may not have worked just as hard may or may not have wanted that career from the get-go have it handed to them purely on the fact that they are indigenous or a female or the correct age. It just sickens me. It really sickens me. 
it's I don't know, like in like it is in some ways it's a good that these people are getting, you know, opportunities and all that sort of thing, but it's like I don't you getting a job should not be based off the colour of your skin or your religion or to meet a quota of some sort. Definitely not. No, definitely not. It's it's kind of I don't know, it's it's taking it to an extreme. An extreme that I don't think will fix the issue at all. Fuck no. Fuck no. It's not going to fix any issue. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if it had fixed any issue before, um, George Floyd wouldn't be dead and there wouldn't be um, a Black Lives Matter movement this size. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If everything was okay, do you know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. I saw actually um, a tweet the other day and it was... Um, Oh, they teach you in school, they get you to read to kill a mockingbird, and then that's the only thing they use to teach you about racism. <laughs> yeah. And I, f- I found that very interesting. It's laughable. Like, there is so is. much more to it than just, you know, I read this book that was written a very long time ago in an era where racism, racism was very prevalent. Oh, there you go. You know everything there is to know about racism. Actually, go into the big world. Off you go. And then it's like, oh, it's. I don't know. It, 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 it's just disgusting. It's disgusting how we not we can't educate like the education system is supposed to be educating like oh like there's the whole thing it's like oh I, I wish in school I was taught about how to do my taxes <laughs> ha 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 uh, and it, but it's true like you know oh, we're, not learned, yeah. we're not taught how to do those things oh, but I think there's there's more there should be life school classes how to yeah. deal with racism how to deal with it's I found it very interesting scrolling through my Twitter feed this is like right around the start of the whole Black Lives Matter thing and it was. Black people of color in Hollywood, I'll say. And a lot of them were saying that um, a lot of them mentioned that when they were younger, they were told like how to defend themselves and what to do when they when to deal with when dealing with police. Mm, because they were a person yeah. of color, they get profiled and it's like, you know, if you're dealing with um, people of color, do not run. Do you know what I mean? Like one wrong step, one wrong move, and you could be dead. And that is very, very, very scary yeah it's scary that i don't know i don't know how anybody like i wouldn't want to kill body anybody in general oh no i don't know how you could you would want to how in the spur of the moment you could shoot a black person yeah like you could just because they made just because of the color of color of their skin like that just blows my mind have you ever had any experiences with authority matt Have, have you ever been a bad boy and they've either let you off or you've gotten a spanking I have, yes. Fair Did you so. want to share? Do you know the story? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you've. I don't think you've ever mentioned anything. I'll. So when I was, <laughs> it's like two years ago. Like I did not do anything bad. All I did was I was driving my car at twelve o'clock at night, and I'm like, "There's no cars on the highway. What would it feel like to turn off my headlights and drive?" <laughs> it was fu- and it was fucking cool. It was fucking cool. Oh. It was for like two. It was like for three seconds. I turned it back on. There was only one car behind me, and guess what they were? <laughs> highway Patrol. They were Highway Patrol. Um, but they were very... Um, they they pulled me over, blah, 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 and I said to them, oh, I bumped it. And they said, oh, they bumped this, and this is my old car. So it was a little switch. It was like a you had to grab it with your thumb and your pointing finger and turn it. There was no yeah. other way. You could not bump it. I even yeah. like... There's no, there's no way you could have... I was just like trying to get, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm scared. Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Yeah, that's you know what I mean. And then, see, he was like, oh, you're Matthew Winter. And see, 
<laughs> and I recognised your voice from the podcast. They, they, they were, were listening like, to hey, the podcast we know you in from the Omni Talk. Yeah, imagine <laughs> no, that. They they don't like specific members of my family. I will say, and they were mm. like, okay, let's we're going to go through your car. I'm like, oh, I've got nothing on me. Like, I don't know what you think I'm going to. Like, we will pull. They said we'll pull every panel off this car if you're not telling us the truth. And I'm like, I'm not got nothing in my car. They went through my bag. They tossed all the stuff on the back seat, never put it back in. It was very messy. It was very, and I said like, I apologize, blah, blah, blah. I got a fine in the mail, all that stuff. But it was disgusting t- to see that I was treated that way. Pigs, absolute pigs mm-hmm. trying to scare me into like, as if I had done something wrong. And it's like, you know, I don't. Oh. I mean, you did break the law by turning your headlights off. And I did. And is that, but it's like. But that it, surely shouldn't warrant, okay, maybe this guy's got drugs on him. That was. Oh, so stupid. That was from something else. And it's like, I think, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if it's a small town thing or if it's a cop thing in general. I have very, very, I don't know. Like, you know, you see a cop in Maccas and you're serving and blah, blah, blah. And like, they're always going to be nice to you, of course. But, but when you're in the firing line, when you're face to face them, like in a situation, like you might've done something. It's like with Ethan, mm. Ethan Klein, like, you know, he's, he had the air colonies thing. He threw it in the, the bushes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he got a nice cop that day. He really did. That cop could have gone, oh, right, you're trying to hide something. You know, you get on the ground, get on the ground, you little... What, is, he, was he, is he Jewish? He's Jewish, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like get on the, the ground, you dear little Jew, all this other shit. Do you know what I mean? Like he could... It could have easily gone that way. It really, really could have. Um, and it's not that I don't like cops. I think, <laughs> I think it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think they're, tra- they're trained properly. Actually, I did see the other day on Twitter, it was something like, oh, cops are now going to be trained how to properly control crowds and shit. And it's like, weren't they properly, shouldn't they have got that training beforehand? I don't know. I don't know if um, any like regular, there's there's all these different branches of police, right? In Australia, Mm -hmm. we have like highway patrol. We have um, like the local police. Mm -hmm. We all have different jurisdictions, all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't think, say, your highway patrol officers will be taught in riot control because surely you're not just going to come across a, a riot in the middle of a highway somewhere. Like, it just, just doesn't happen like that. They've got but other things they, they need to be focusing the on. shouldn't they have basic training? Like, shouldn't that sort of be something at least educated on? Do you know what I mean? I mean? Maybe they are educated to an extent. I'm sure they have basic, uh, yeah, like, de-escalation training, but nothing to that extent where it's riot control. I think that's very specialized training. Hmm. It just, it's very interesting. It's very interesting that like, I don't know. I think everything could have been handled a lot so much better. You always see things like, you know, you see videos on Twitter and it's like, I might see like one, two a day, but it's like, there's so many riots going on everywhere all over America. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It could be just, you know, it's two, it's, um, it's one town out of the hundreds that are in the country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But did you see? Did you ever see the video of there was these cops and like a man was coming up to them like, I think he dropped his helmet or something, and then one of them just pushed past him, pushed him to the ground, and all these cops just kept walking past him. An mm-hmm. old man too, like he would have been like seventies, eighties, and he split, he hit his head, and it was he was bleeding out of his head, and the people filming are like, why the fuck would you do that? Like that's disgusting. Yeah. Um, Shit. I think I, I, I heard about that actually. Yeah, on the radio. Yeah. Just disgusting. It's yeah. like I don't know. Anyway, so. My previous experiences with the police, right? Mm. So I grew up um, out of out of town, 
and one of our neighbors was a constable, like a re- uh, local area constable. She she was very, I don't know, she was very stern, but she was never very hard on her kids. Um, we were good friends, like got along really well. Our families got along really well. And it used to be every afternoon after school for a very long time, I'd go down to the PCYC, the Police Community Youth Center, and I'd spend all afternoon down there waiting for mum to finish work. And so my early sort of impression of police were, you know, they, they're great. There's nothing wrong with them. You, you don't really have to worry about them. They kind of just sit in their offices doing paperwork. So that was my childhood interpretation of police. And then as you get older and you start venturing into the world and you start, you know, experiencing adult life, you run into them more and more, especially at airports. Like, I guess they're not really police, but they're p- people in positions of authority. Mm. Um, my first couple of experiences with international travel was pretty good. And then I decided I'd start growing a beard. It seemed every time I'd start going through checkpoints at the airport, I'd get randomly selected for bomb searches. And I thought that was very strange, especially when I travel with... um. Lachlan's uh, uncle and he's a very has a very long beard and he without fail always gets searched like bomb searched so that's sort of a that's profiling yeah it's it's profiling yeah but you know we never have anything to worry about I was like we're always we always just do it because you know you can't say no if you say no you're in trouble but you know we have nothing to hide so we just go along with it and shake it off you know yeah whatever but I mean if you're someone that's that happens to you all the time in like so many different aspects of society. God, that'd get frustrating and annoying. And I can see, you know, why people have issues with it. I mean, another experience I had with police, I was driving uh, the little Bundera, you know, the one that featured in an episode of Ennui, the one where I threw oh, you yes. out in front of the hospital. In Marty's yeah. show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Nice plug for you. Nice um, plug. I'd recently been driving that like out in some really muddy areas out of town and I was coming back into town. I think it was to go to Macca's for something. Mm. I'm not sure why. It was maybe to meet up with some of the boys. And I was at the traffic lights ready to turn to head out towards that side of Scone and there was a cop car sitting behind me and as I've turned the turn through the traffic lights, they put their lights on and pulled me over. So I pulled over to the side of the road and, of course, the windows on the Bundy don't work, so I had to open the door. I've opened the door and it was a female officer. She got out and she walked up. She's like, can I check your license, please? And she checked it and she's like, all right, off you go. And I was like, why did she pull me over? And I was thinking about it. Like, it's a pretty run-down, old-looking car. Like, they probably thought I was a hillbilly or something coming down out of the hills, but they opened the door and they see me with my... I wouldn't say... I'm, I was presentable. I was presentable at least in the car and I had nothing to hide. I was easy going. She's like, yep, yeah, fine. Off you go. I mean, it makes me think if I had opened that door and I was wearing some like rundown old clothes and I was dirty and whatnot, she probably would have got me to get out of the car, do a breath test, all that sort of stuff. But it's like, just, I don't know. It makes you think. It does make you think. Actually, I do have another experience actually. And, actually, and it sort of links to that idea. It links the idea of... Because what I was going to say was 
they are just doing their jobs in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they are just like, they have to be, I think as a police officer specifically, you have to be suspicious. Do you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. to, like, if you just like, like, oh, someone's like, oh, hey mate, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing all good. See you later. They can have a fucking dead body in the, in the, um, in the fucking boot of their car. You never know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to be a little bit suspicious to an extent. Yeah. And then you start to know people around the area, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was I was driving to McDonald's to pick up um, Taylor from work. She had clothes, so she finished like eleven o'clock. And I was on the phone to her, and I said, "Yeah, I'm just pulling in now. Like, there's this cop behind me, and like he parked in the. So I parked like directly in front of the store, like light shining into the store, mm-hmm. and he was like parked. Like he wasn't even parked. You know what I mean, like he was like just pulled up in the middle of the car park, sort of thing." Yeah. And I said, I rolled on the window. I got out of the car and I said, oh, how you going, mate? And he's like, good. What are you doing here? And I said, I'm picking up my, I'm picking up my fiance from work. And he's like, and she'd come out. And I'm like, he's like, oh, is this her? And I said, yeah, mate, this is her. Like, do you know what I'm, Like, it was a bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm giving her a specific sort of thing. Like, I'm, and but then he, he gave me, a, he gave me a breath test after that. I'm like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, I'll just pull you over for a breath test. Fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to hide note. up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to hide it. Try not to hide the fact that, like, you're doing your job. I understand. Yeah. But if you're going to be a fucking prick and go like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, is this her? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm being nice to you to an extent. Like, obviously, like, you have to be suspicious to an extent. But it's like, if my fiance has come out, do you know what I mean? Like, I do feel like some of the police, they could be quite rude mm. without being prompted so. to be rude, for sure. 100%. I mean, there are a lot of nice police officers out there. I mean, most of the people that have... No, pulled me over for the, you know, how they have the little RBT things where you have mm. everyone randomly gets pulled over and you get breath tested and off you go. Pretty much every officer that I've had for one of them has been really kind. Like, mm. actually, I remember one, I was riding to Tamworth one morning to get my motorbike service and it was super, super cold. Like, I was frozen by the time I got to Tamworth because it's like a two-hour ride. Mm. And it was like single digits, like four or five degrees and when you're riding a motorbike it, it feels pretty freaking cold oh, cool, yeah. so they got me there and because i'm a pee plater they mm. i don't know they wanted to check my license as well so i had to try and get my license out of course i was wearing jeans and big gloves and my fingers were frozen so i was like okay you're gonna have to give me a minute because i can't feel my fingers it's gonna take me a while to get my wallet out of my pocket and they're like yeah that's <laughs> fine that's fine so they just sort of stood there waiting took me probably a minute and a half to get my wallet out of my pocket and get my my license out like took so long just because you know you can't feel anything plus you've got a motorbike between your legs that you're trying to balance because i don't know i didn't feel like i wanted to get off the bike because that might be a bit weird yeah i stayed on the bike i've got my helmet on i'm trying to get my wallet out oh it was so painful and they were like oh yeah that's cool thanks for that like i know i know it's cold and we sort of had a little laugh about it i'm like yeah all good and then i had to like put my license back in my wallet, back in my pocket, put my gloves back on and then take off. And they were pretty fine with it. Like they didn't seem too worried. Even though they had cars piling up behind me, they weren't they were like, oh, just pull over to the side or something like that. It was like, yeah, do, do what you got to do. Yeah, they do were pretty fine. Do. See, I think it's like when, like with like rain and breath testing, where it's like, you know, you're on the side of the road, you pull them up, blah, blah, blah. Um, it gives them a reason. Do you know what I mean? Like even if they just say, oh, this is something suspicious, we're going to pull them over for the rain and breath test what we're actually doing anyway, but it's like, you know, we can just do like a, you know, ask a few questions, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, um, but if, if somebody's not doing anything inherently suspicious, 
Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know how, I don't know, like, if you see a suspicious car and it's swerving on the road, you can go, hey, mate, we saw you swerving on the road. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a reason to pull them over. Yeah. But then it's like the random ones where it's like, like, for example, me getting pulled over then. It's like, there's, there is no reason that you need to say, oh, yeah, just giving you a random breath test. It's like, fuck, that's just a slap in the face. I think there's better ways to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah, just double checking. Like, you don't you don't see many cars pull up at 11 o'clock at a McDonald's that's been closed for an hour. Yeah, okay, I understand. That's all good, mate. Yeah. Do you know so what I mean? Like, that's all it would have taken. Like, that little bit of common courtesy. Be like, okay, this is mm. the reason why. This is the reason why I'm checking that, you know, you're not a drug dealer or something trying to do a, an exchange in the middle of the night in a, in a car park somewhere. Exactly. And like, he's I... like, just so you know, like, it's, yeah, it'd be nice of him to do that. But, you know, clearly he didn't. Ennui Talk is hosted by Matthew Winner, produced by Ennui. You can listen to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watch it in its entirety at youtube.com slash TV one You can show your support by becoming an Ennui Plus member, where you get exclusive series and podcasts, early access, and member-only perks. Join us at ennui.tv forward slash plus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.